Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. I am recording. I am also recording. We are recording. Together. Forever. Forever and ever. We're recording stuff and we will have Jeff on this episode because we like Jeff. He's cool. That's what I got. I love it. That's a great song. I love that song. I kind of gave away the game, though. You did. (laughs) Sorry. Still. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I guess that that about sums it up. (laughs) Hey, like, welcome to the emergency transmission. We're here because there's a fucking uh, movie coming out for all of you who haven't heard. A movie. Finally fucking finally guys it's been teased for a long time i feel yeah i really feel like especially the last few weeks michael grant was really getting intense on twitter he was just like dying to say something i bet he was <laughs> he's just getting emails being like when's there gonna be an animorphs movie and he's just like oh i can say nothing that's what i imagine anyway i imagine that too good but yeah uh we're gonna talk about the movie because we're all really excited about it. Uh, uh, and we have yeah. a special guest. An awesome guest that I am very excited that we got to talk to. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being so secretive now when there was a whole song about him a second ago. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's Jeff. Our friend Jeff, who always corrects us when we get stuff wrong on Animorphs Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's joining He's us. extremely helpful. He was extremely helpful at all times. Yeah. He's, he's with us in this episode, and he has a lot of great shit to say. Sorry, I don't know why I used the word shit. I could have just said stuff. It would have been much less aggressive. Uh, <laughs> Ramp it up. Get ah! more aggressive. <laughs> so mad for some reason. I love it. I don't know why you get so aggressive in the intros to guest episodes, but I fucking love it. And I want okay. you to keep doing it forever. Okay, Craig. <laughs> Look at me! Uh, all right. Uh, should yeah. we do it? Yeah. Kick them over? All right. Get out of here, guys. Go listen to the interview. Go. I'm Go away. now. Away. Go. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hello. 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 Hey. And hey. hey, y'all. What's up? Oh, not much. Just enjoying this beautiful Father's Day out here in the backyard. Oh, yeah. It's it's that day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Y'all call your dad. No, no. We'll just we'll get on a call with you and call it good. <laughs> there you go. We'll talk to a dad <laughs> today. A dad today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, called, we had a call with a dad. I'm, we're good. <laughs> we're satisfied. Yeah, that's right. That's all it takes. <laughs> mm. 
Oh man. Well, well it's nice to finally awesome. talk to you on the phone. This is this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for uh, having me on. I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us. I think it's going to oh, be yeah. pretty awesome uh, getting to chat about the freaking movie. That was a uh, a hell of a a moment when I saw that when I saw that news. Yeah, well, it's like finally some good news in these trying times. <laughs> I was like, how is twenty twenty the year that I get this? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, this is when they finally looked at it and they like looked at this book series and they're like oh yeah shit did get pretty bad time to bring yeah, out animals time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, they're like oh world's very dark right now uh you know what <laughs> i got a great idea <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny oh, that Bob. is funny oh man well shit oh. uh I, Alex, I are you recording? I, yeah, I hit record. Okay. I think I maybe skipped the robot lady voice somehow, which is a Christmas miracle. Okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm on the She's record like, now, so this could be used officially in a court of law at this point. <laughs> yes. For whatever Animorph crimes. <laughs> yeah, whatever Animorphs-related crimes we commit during this call. <laughs> Going straight on the record. <laughs> um, yeah, well, shit. So it is recording. Uh, okay. I don't know. Is there any, like, technical questions or anything you have before we kind of get going? No, I mean, I'm ready to rock and roll. Ready to talk about this amazing series with you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. All right, cool. Well, then I guess I will pretend that I know what I'm doing and ask for your background <laughs> with Animorphs. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, uh, the first the first book I remember seeing um, was book eight. Uh, I was at my buddy's house, and you know I was a voracious reader as a kid. I love all kinds of books, and especially sci-fi. And I saw the cover of book eight, which is the alien. It has axe on the cover, and I was like, "Whoa, an alien! Cool!" And so I borrowed that off of him and I read it and I was like, I don't understand what's going on, but this is awesome. And so I went and started hunting down the other books, you know, at scholastic book fairs and stuff like that. And, um, I think the first one I really remember is book six though. Um, because just, you know, Jake being infested and like that whole crazy storyline that went along with that, uh, really stuck with me for a while. And so I, I, you know, poured through the series as it was coming out. And then, um, I think I reread it again, like late high school, early college. And then another time after college. And then I kind of, I guess went on hiatus, um, was doing other stuff until about four years ago or so when on a whim i was like i wonder if there are any animorphs podcasts because i started listening to a podcast at the time and so i punched it in and um, the hindsight came up and so i started listening to them and i was like wow this is really amazing and after that i started getting into the other animorphs podcasts and finally joined up the facebook groups and got back into the you know main animorphs fandom i guess and um, the rest is history. Here I am. That's awesome. I like, 
I like how the Universal Animorphs experience is no one ever starts with book one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, like, I don't know. Really I, I'm, I've known one or two people who started on book one, but pretty much everybody else grabbed something else. Alex, you started yeah. on book 14, right? Mm-hmm. That was my first book. The poop joke book? Incredible. He had more toilet cover. I was like sold. <laughs> yeah, you're like, whoa, an alien toilet. Sign me up. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's the best story I've ever read. <laughs> it's just a lot of horsebacks that are wrong in an alien toilet. Hey. <laughs> well, it's not your, not your average book series, you know. Not at all. It's definitely unique. I mean, I as much as we complain about like, well, the ending gets, or the beginning gets really repetitive, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, mm-hmm. it's necessary. Literally nobody started on one. Yeah, they knew, you know. <laughs> I think, I, yeah. I guess Scholastic, they, they figured what was going on. It is kind of weird that it persists into, like, the 40s. Yeah, by then they should have been like, like, okay, maybe you should go yeah. back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not boxcar children or whatever, come on. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good series. Oh, I've, I've never fully read that. I've read, like, two. But... Mm. Oh, well. Okay, so, and we're we're bringing you here today because you're going to work on the movie for sure. You've already committed to leaving yes. your family, your life, yes. your job. Yeah. Yes. So, you're going to be Selling the expert on this for sure. <laughs> Selling my possessions. Selling everything you own, yeah. Orphan my children and live in a van outside the production studio. I think That's probably what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to find the producer. I'm going to uh, stalk them and engineer some sort of situation where I like save their kid from a mugger or something like that, or like jump into a <laughs> pond to save them from drowning and be like, no, no, I, I want no reward. I don't need money. I just, uh, I happen to hear you're working on an Animorphs movie and, uh, you know, pardon that would be great. I feel like it's only appropriate at this point to offer you my services in this scheme. Like, can I help yeah. you get the child into the lake? Like, what what can I do to help you? See, but we've already, now we've screwed up. We've put this on record, just like we talked about. Oh, no. Now this is all a matter of public record. Damn it. And we'll have to bleep out, like, certain parts of it. Like, can I help yeah. you bleep with a bleep? The, perfect. We'll never know. Editing we'll never is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, so the, we're at the point now where the perfect crime is going to happen. You're going to be on the series, so mm-hmm, that's why mm-hmm. we're like, we got to talk to you. We got to get in. We're going to have the earliest scoop of all the production right here, right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a preemptive. It's like a, a a preemptive interview with a cast member. Exactly, and like they don't, they haven't announced it yet. That's how soon this is, but we're very sure it's happening. So it's all good. Talk about a scoop. <laughs> this is it. You're like you're like the Ronan Farrow of Animorphs podcast at this point. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, and I feel so bad. Ronan Farrow is a very famous uh, uh, investigative journalist. Okay, see, this is we should probably backtrack a little more and add to your credentials and say this is the Jeff that corrects us all the time when we say just shit off the cuff <laughs> that is very yeah. wrong. <laughs> I, I'm so glad to finally have the opportunity to well actually you guys in person. Yeah, Thank that's God. really what, what we wanted to bring you on for because we're like, <laughs> dang, we're always so wrong about everything. <laughs> Jeff, do you have some more World War II facts for us? 
God, you know, not that many. Jeez, <laughs> uh, no, none, actually. I know nothing. Well, if I know anything, it's that I know nothing. Good place okay. to be. Well, at least I can admit it now after trying to assert one or two facts that were just totally off the wall. <laughs> you need to listen to uh, Dan Carlin's podcast, Hardcore History. That's how you I, learn you know all what? history. That's lined up in my in my pod feeds as a going to start soon, but I got very behind. So right now I'm trying to catch up on Bill Nye's podcast, which is just a drag. Wait, Bill Nye has a podcast? He does. Uh, oh, my God. Bill, Bill, Bill. <laughs> they do so little of that. It's really distressing. But they have, like, call-in people. It's just called Science School mm-hmm. with Bill Nye. Um, and they have call-in people. And every once in a while it'll slip through the cracks or something. He's like, you know, he's like, hey, do we have the caller? He's like, hey, Bill, 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 Bill. Anyways, my question is, that, like, silly. Yeah. Nice. Oh, no. It's pretty good. Got it's him. pretty good. Got Bill. Now he has to publish this. <laughs> yeah, oh it's, it's fun, but it can be a drag sometimes. Anyways, sorry. That got very yes. <laughs> this is now um, the Bill okay. podcast. This is now the Bill Nye fan cast, cast podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're inceptioning Bill Nye. Whatever. We've been podcasting longer than him. We're allowed to do this shit. I bet he's an Animorphs fan. Oh. <laughs> we should email Bill <laughs> and be like, come on the Animorphs podcast. Yeah, we'll talk to you like about Animorphs. Just, I feel like he would just bitch about the bad science, though. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be, oh, that would be him at the same time. Him and Neil deGrasse Tyson come on and just rip oh, the face to shreds. Oh, oh God. <laughs> well, if um, we ever want to find our worst episode and, like, just run it next to that, we can at least say our worst episode would be better than that. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeez. Uh, Man. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Back to the movie. Mm. This is what we're here yeah. for. They announced yeah. the other day the movie. This is an emergency transmission talking about the movie. I did not come up with a set of questions because I just feel like there's so many things that we have to cover here. What are, what's your dream for this sequence? I feel like I've seen you summarize it and I want it here and now recorded. (laughs) I'm so glad you asked me that. Okay. So here it is. All right. Here's, here's the vision, the Jeff Thompson vision for the future of the Animorphs franchise, okay? So I want this movie, more than anything, to be good. Great would be awesome. Good, I would very happily settle for. Because, okay, I think, you know, a lot of times when you get these uh, deep fan communities that finally get their moment in the sun with a film or whatever, uh, it's like everybody wants the ultimate fan service film. They want all their favorite scenes. They want all the stuff that they love so much about the series in the movie. And that's going to be really hard to do in an Animorphs movie, a single movie, and also not its most important goal. The way I see it, I think that the, the most important thing that the Animorphs movie can do, the biggest thing that it can do, is basically rebirth the franchise. Uh, and kind of breathe new life into the the fandom. I want a movie that is going to reach as many people as possible, be good enough to satisfy as many people as possible, and most importantly, bring new people into 
the the fandom and kind of launch a rebirth of Animorphs. You know, it's 2020. Everything from the 90s is getting remade, okay? And mm-hmm. I've waited and waited for Animorphs to get its moment in the sun. And it looks like now it's finally happening. So what I want to see, what I would love to see, and what I think would work best, is if the movie is basically the first book, because the first book is really great, it's very cinematic, it's very self-contained, hits all the high points, shows you what Animorphs is all about, intros the characters, all that good stuff. And I think would make a great, you know, 90-minute, two-hour movie. And so they make the movie. The movie is very successful. And then they roll that success into a TV show, which is really the the format that Animorphs should have. Now, mm-hmm. whether it's animated or uh, live action or whatever is, you know, we can have that debate. But what I would like to see, what I think the kind of tone of the show would uh, best be suited to would be something like um, the 100 or Stargate SG-1, where you have a chance to have a long-running um, sci-fi adventure story, basically, um, where you can do character arcs and story arcs, cover a lot of the stuff from the books, instead of having a you know one-to-one retelling of the series of the books, you would have an opportunity to even tell new Animorphs stories uh, in, a, in a long-form TV show. And especially mm-hmm. something like um, SG-1 or The 100. Uh, so a lot of what I like about uh, the Animorphs series and what a lot of other people like about it is how dark it is, the moral questions, the kind of gray areas, the horror aspects. Um, but Really, if you look at the series as a whole and you look at the context of the series when it was coming out and how Kay Applegate and Michael Grant looked at it and stuff, it was always supposed to be an adventure series. You know what I mean? It's a monthly, pulpy, sci-fi adventure series for kids to read. And it all the you know dark, heavy adult war themes are in there because Catherine Applegate respected her audience enough not to sugarcoat the realities of what it would be like to turn into a tiger and rip somebody's throat out and have to do that in a secret guerrilla war you can't tell anybody about. So what I would like to see is a TV show that is leans more heavily into that kind of fun 90s crazy adventure story with comedy aspects and also since it's long running, we'll have the opportunity to get darker over time and see the characters kind of um, degrade. Like, as we've seen in the last couple of books um, that you guys have covered on the podcast, the team is starting to fray. The, um, you know, the war is really starting to weigh on everybody here at the end. Everybody's questioning their personal motives and what they're doing and what their part in everything is. And, if you have a long form TV show, you can get there eventually. And it's much more meaningful, I think, and kind of impactful than doing, you know, six or eight movies because Harry Potter was great. But I think that if you have a, a long form TV show like that, where people are going to be following along for a long time, um, that you're going to be able to get, get an even better impact from that. And what I would like to see is, punctuating you know every couple of seasons of that tv show another movie coming out so it's like two series boom and like chronicles two more boom elemis chronicles or whatever you know 
and that way people would be able to get the the kind of background on the characters that they're seeing in the show. Yeah, I'm so okay, glad you said that I've about the Chronicles. It. No, you you yeah. haven't, and I will ask you to continue momentarily. Um, <laughs> no, I'm so glad you said the Chronicles, like as the every two seasons thing, because that oh, that's just the perfect kind of like you get the big intro, you get the movies, you get that. Would you want to see that ending sequence of the movie, or would you just like to see that done as a really good like? several episode arc at the end oh wow yeah you mean like the end of the series now that is a fascinating yeah. question i actually haven't thought about that um i guess probably a movie right i mean like you would want you know assume it all goes the way of my fantasy and we get this long tv show and all these movies and you know they've got toy lines and merchandising and video games and a ride at disney or whatever uh, if it all comes <laughs> to fruition i think i mean i I think the end would have to be like probably two like freaking giant Avengers style end of Harry Potter crazy ass movies. You know what I mean? That's how oh, yeah. I want that, to would, it. that would be awesome. And I also awesome. think okay. that like it would be great because you would have a um an opportunity retelling the end of the series. And now I'm I'm one of those persons who I love the way that the books end. And, you know, as a kid, obviously, I was, uh, I had a very different opinion um, because I didn't see sort of um, Applegate's perspective. You know, I wanted the happy ending where they all beat the Irks and it's all great. Uh, mm -hmm. But then I got to read um, Applegate's uh, letter that she wrote to the fans or letters, she had two of them, uh, that she wrote to the fans about the end of the series, which I can't wait for you guys to cover those uh, on the podcast. And that... 180 degrees changed um, how I saw the end of the series. So I would like to see uh, in, in a movie or even if they just did it as like season finale on a show or whatever, an opportunity for them to explore a little more uh, at the end of the books, because there are some aspects that um, don't, I think, get the coverage that I would have liked to see towards the end. Yeah. Trying not to spoil anything here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think actually just having, when you said that, that just gave me an idea that would be, I think, really cool for the ending is almost adapt that letter that Applegate did into like one of the characters reading almost a voiceover over a scene at yes. the end. That oh, would be so cool. Who would read that though? It would have to be Rachel. Oh <laughs> my God. You're right. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> so. This is great. I'm so glad you're abandoning your family to do this. This is going to be so yeah, good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Sorry, Maybe kids. don't play this in front of your wife and kids. Maybe yeah. keep this on the <laughs> Daddy has to leave now. Oh, no. It's almost oh, like dude. one of those, like, it's like a going to war thing. Like, Daddy has to leave now. Right. I might not come back. Go. <laughs> you got your duffel over your calling. shoulder. You're just walking away. <laughs> or, or it could be one of those like oh i'm going out to get a pack of smokes and then he never came home <laughs> he never came back <laughs> he never oh, no. came back oh next uh, the, le the next time i saw him it was on this big screen in the animorphs movie and i was like that's my dad <laughs> standing next to all my favorite heroes and yet yeah. i couldn't see my greatest hero my dad <laughs> <laughs> so now we have the movie after the movie of your life creating these, this movie series or yes, TV. Uh, <laughs> documentary series. 
Right, right. Maybe yeah. that's what we should do. We'll step back and we'll do the documentary of you as you do the series. <laughs> yeah, I'll end up blacklisted in Hollywood. Be like, don't work with Jeff Thompson. He abandoned his family. <laughs> but he does great work, like very intense. <laughs> he was really great in that movie, though. I mean, <laughs> goodness it made it worse. I don't know. I don't even, you know, I don't even want to be an actor in the movie. I do want to be an actor in the movie, obviously, but that's not necessary. Like, I will swing a hammer or paint sets or bring coffees to whoever's bringing coffees to the producers. I don't care. Like, whatever it takes, I'm going to be there. Yeah, that's, I, man, I feel like that's, like, everybody who's been loving the series and, like, carrying this torch for so long is, like, please just let me do anything, like, anything yeah. at all. Yeah. They could probably, been... like, if, Oops, sorry, Casey. Yeah, they could. Go ahead. No, go ahead. They could get a volunteer crew at this point. That's what I was going to say. If they're ever like, hey, our budget isn't great, just be like, tweet out like, no. Animorphs fans, we need somebody to help us like make sets and set shit up. And we like hundreds of people be like, hello, I've quit my job. I'm here. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. <laughs> just I'll There's do it for a so sandwich. Many. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's been so many people replying to Michael Grant being like, hey, I am a storyboard artist, like, I will help, or, like, I, I yep. do designs, I'll, I'll, like, happily contribute, like, pick me, pick me, it's so amazing. I've already written a screenplay, here it is for <laughs> yeah, three, yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. I, I love that. Like, I, I mean, I guess I've never been as um, entrenched in a community, like, before a movie came out, like, Harry Potter, sure, but I was much younger, yeah. and, like, you know, Hunger Games, I didn't really read until after. So I don't know if this is normally like how it starts, but I just love this whole like collaborative effort right at the beginning of everybody like just celebrating this. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, Animorphs has such a um, a kind of unique fan community, I guess. Like, I don't, you know, I'm a big nerd, so I'm into a lot of other nerd stuff. But like, I I don't I can't really think of any um, fandoms that are kind of like Animorphs. I mean, as as cool as the people who are in the Animorphs fan community it's like a lot of you know it's it's all these people who are you know now in their 20s and or late 20s and 30s who you know grew up reading this stuff in scholastic book fairs and Mm -hmm. have carried the torch for so long and then there's you know sort of small influxes of people every now and then who get back into the series and just everybody's so cool and accepting and uh just really loves the books and loves the world and wants to uh, see it, you know, get its moment in the sun. Mm-hmm. That's that's really encouraging to hear you say, because I absolutely agree from like my perspective of things, but I know that you kind of do some more, you do some more moderative stuff, right? Like on the, on the fan groups and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, yeah. So you probably see a lot more of the stuff that like kind of gets rejected <laughs> before it gets to, to the yeah. rest of us. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, that's another thing is like, it's, it's remarkable how little stuff we have to actually moderate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- recently there's been uh, some more uh, controversial topics touched on, I guess, with the uh, uh, comments from J.K. Rowling and sort of how that's mm-hmm. ended up uh, kind of lassoing in the Animorphs fan community. Uh, and so we had to, um, you know, we all had to get together and kind of figure out what our stance was going to be and how we're going to communicate that to the group and 
all that stuff. Uh, so there has been more moderation to be done lately. And then, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the combination of that, which did send a lot of people to the Animorphs Facebook group, and obviously this movie announcement, which now it's like every 20 minutes, there's, you know, two or three more people <laughs> trying to join the Facebook group, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so it has been a little bit more work for us lately, but I'm happy to see it. I mean, I, so, so like I said, a few years ago, I kind of got back into the the fan community. I mean, I'd always been a fan of Animorphs and never forgot about it or anything, but I, I hadn't really been part of the fandom for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. until a few years ago. And when I got back in, you know, there was like a small handful of podcasts. And then there was, you know, the Reddit group, which was fairly active. And then the Animorphs Facebook group, which was fairly active. Uh, mm-hmm. But over the last few years, I've I've had the feeling that things have been growing. You know what I mean? Like the number of podcasts doubled and then tripled. And now we have, you know, there's a ton of them. uh, It feels Mm -hmm. like, um, and every now and then, you know, you started seeing Animorphs crop up in like blog posts or, you know, mentioned somewhere on a website or, you know, every time JK Rowling said something. Yeah. Or every time Rowling (laughs) said something, every time she said something, yeah. Uh, and so I've, I've felt the whole time that things were growing and that it always was go. I, I don't have faith in a lot of things, but I always had faith that we would get a movie or a TV series, uh, that it would, that it would grow to the point where Animorphs would get its day in the sun. So to see that vindicated, uh, all of a sudden really, it took me by complete surprise, but, um, that was really something special for me to to see that uh news come <laughs> i was at work oh, yeah. and um yeah we were digging on a site and i was like oh, okay i'm gonna sit down on my screen here take a minute you know take a breather or whatever sit in the shade for a second and uh i checked my phone and there was like a post waiting for approval to the group that was uh some news article about, oh, you know, live action Animorphs film gets greenlit. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, what's, I haven't heard of this place. I don't know, this can't be real. This can't possibly be real. And so I read through it, and there was no citation or anything. I was like, I don't know, this seems strange. So I back out, and by the time I back out, there's another post waiting for approval that's from the Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I know the Hollywood Reporter's legit. So then I jump on Twitter and Kay Applegate and Michael Grant are talking about, yeah, the great Animorphs movie got greenlit. And that was when the like bombs started exploding in my head. And I was just <laughs> like, oh my God, what the, like I just won the lottery all of a sudden. It's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, um, I, as far as the community growing in the last few years, I have had that gut feeling as well, but without any empirical data, it's kind of hard to actually, you know, say, yeah, yeah. we're more popular, sure, like, whatever, but, um, yeah, that's, the, it seems to have exploded, and I think when we started, there was, like, oh, I want to say six or seven Animorphs podcasts, maybe not even that many, and, like, a lot of them had quit already, 
yeah. and then all of a sudden like we see them all the time pop up and then we'll see them surpass us because these like dedicated people are like we're gonna do an episode every week and we're like yeah fuck that for a two-hour episode yeah, I, I don't have that kind of time um <laughs> so i mean it's just that's been cool to see but yeah when the movie announcement happened oh man i casey did i spam you immediately or did i who did i hit up first i hit up one of you two first i feel like it was casey because i think jeff we started talking about it afterwards yeah but i i saw applegate's tweet like six or seven minutes after she posted it just through total happenstance i'm almost never on twitter so it was like total madness and i was like what are you serious like i was screaming (laughs) to myself alone in a room like yes (laughs) finally Um, yes that's so exciting and then casey i think i spammed you with 10 messages in a row (laughs) i don't don't recall because i thought i found i thought i was started following michael grant and i thought i thought like independence of, of you messaging me but i you might have what i have for my message so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man michael grant is like oh, casey did you need thought i heard casey no i'm say, looking back on. in our chat history to like figure it out okay oh no I, you, yeah michael no, you grant's like the worst me. tease you sent me oh i know i spammed articles. you <laughs> <laughs> and messages right, right. in between i'm sorry I, I doubted you it's okay. I, it's a sparkle motion. I know the atrocities I've committed. I know my crimes, and I will admit them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah, I think I texted you. I was like, Alex, I'm weeping. <laughs> I, I remember getting that. And I remember thinking, I wonder if he's really weeping. Like, I could totally believe that. Really oh, is. for sure. Yeah, I, I, I looked up. So I was sitting on my screen, and my buddies were standing there chatting about some BS. And I was like, guys. And they're like, what? And I was like, an animal movie just got greenlit. And they just kind of stared at me. And I said, I've waited so long. And a single tear rolled down my cheek. Aww. And then the rest oh, of the day, I would not shut up to anybody about this Animorphs movie. Oh, my God. That's oh, amazing. No. It was It was glorious. <laughs> oh, super amazing and i mean they I all knew, they all knew too because I, I normally don't shut up about animorphs to anybody so they everybody knows me as the animorph guy at work they're like oh yeah jeff he don't ask him about animorphs he wants something <laughs> amazing i love that uh, though like i i love that they know you as the animorph guy because i feel like a lot of the time uh <laughs> i'll just say some cryptic things like people will say something i'll be like oh yeah sorry i have to like do this recording or whatever like i feel and they're like mm. wait what and i'm like oh i have a podcast if you have a podcast I'm like, yeah, it's about animorphs and you're like the yeah. book series from the night <laughs> i'm like yeah yes that one <laughs> yeah i'm so jealous one. don't you hang your head in shame alex Stand <laughs> i proud. can't anymore now there's a movie now i get to be yeah. like I had an Animorphs podcast before the movie. What up? I've been there. <laughs> been there. We did a, like a million episodes. Check it out. I'm incredibly um, jealous that you're able to like tell people that you have an Animorphs podcast and they kind of know what you're talking about. I've approached several <laughs> different people, told them about the podcast, and was like, what's Animorphs? And I'm just uh, like, you're, you're too old. You wouldn't mm, understand. You're canceled. Yeah. yeah. We're not friends. No longer wish to talk to you. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Understand me. 
<laughs> oh man. Okay, well, we keep comparing this to kind of how the Harry Potter series went. So let's like tackle the most important question. What kind of mm -hmm. snacks do we get at, at Universal or whatever once they have the rides and everything in place and there's Animorphs land? What mm. are our snack options, our drink options? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously the, we got to call Cinnabon finally, get them yeah, to pay back sure. reparations to Applegate. Okay. <laughs> They will uh, go bankrupt. This is how we finally yeah. destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I'm imagining um, we we the the floor of the ride is just covered in like uh, sticky brown globules and uh, oh, greasy God. and salty popcorn, like that book where Axe is crawling around the movie theater uh, yeah. floor, <laughs> discovering all the children. treasures. Yeah, <laughs> harassing children to try and steal their milk nuts. Oh, oh definitely. Child. We're going to have to get some, like, motor oil and cigarette butts tie-ins there as well somehow. Yeah. <laughs> be like chocolate sauce or something. We can't really be killing these kids. They can't demorph. <laughs> we can't just fill them full of antifreeze and send them on their way. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, this is good. This is all very good. Definitely the floor covered in globules. That that must happen. Popcorn. I don't know. What kind of rides would we have, though? Ooh. Like a carousel, but everything is an Andalite or a Horkbidger. And it changes <laughs> as you ride it. Oh! And you have to commit war crimes? Yes, to get in the park, you must commit at least one war crime. <laughs> oh, dear. That is the price you, of admission. You have to hurt the innocent to stop the evil. Uh, that's the ride that we've got. <gasps> what about maybe like, an Animorphs laser tag arena? Oh, my God. Like, they give you a dragon beam. Yes. So we become the And, like, we're after the Animorphs who are paid Disney employees, assuming... I'm assuming. <laughs> or, 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 hear me out, we could do, instead of just the, like, instead of uh, explicitly Animorphs-themed rides, they could do, like, uh, the gardens, right? But it's yeah. like, they'll have, like, subtle Animorphs nods in the background, and every now and then somebody in a costume of a demorphing Andalite will run by, and some, like, park security people will be like, Andalite, and start firing great oh guns at them. Yes. Yeah. That that for sure. I was gonna say like the gardens would be an obvious choice, but the like the easiest, most like the low hanging fruit that we should go after here is that one um, from book fourteen where they go through that like exact oh, yeah. Disney ride of like the haunted house, yes. but like yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was such a cool cinematic scene too, with like a freaking grizzly bear and a hawk and a snake standing on one side and a bunch of hork deer <laughs> and fifty three on the other side. And like the spooky <laughs> carnival music. <laughs> yes. Oh, scene is so good. And then how like you have to look close to see him breathing or moving. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's like riding through the middle of it on a, like a log flume or some crap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, sold. That's awesome. Universal, there call us. Yeah, like we're doing your homework for you, Universal. Not only were we doing yeah. the movie show for you, now we've got the whole amusement park set up. <laughs> this one I'm not doing for free, okay? Universal can pay my ass. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I draw the line. Is it because it's yeah. like 
you can't afford to make other families happy knowing you've abandoned your own for the movie. So this oh, is where you morally <laughs> draw the line. <laughs> See, you know, it, the this is what Animorphs does. It even makes the readers uh, go to moral gray areas. <laughs> is it right for me to leave my family to be a part of this movie? I don't know. I think you just got to do what you got to do. We got to exactly, do whatever it you know takes what I mean? to make this happen. These are the I hard didn't questions. Ask, I didn't ask to be thrust into this war, okay? <laughs> I was <laughs> Catherine Applegate did this to me. <laughs> she did this to Her all of us. <laughs> mm. It's only really a problem when you've started to enjoy the fight. That's when you know that you've kind of oh, gone yeah. over the line. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, so, I'm, I'm as long as I'm one of the good guys. That's right. <laughs> we'll be here to tell you you're one of the good guys. Yeah. Go do our dirty work for us. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys know anything about the, um, do you know anything at all, period? Uh, no, do you know anything about the um, production company, Picture Start? I have uh, not heard of them before. No. I, I feel like I, I read up a little bit on them, and there is some... Somebody was saying they have a lot of mixed reviews. Like they have knocked some movies out of the park, and others they uh, right. have kind of cool reception to. But I, I don't offhand like I had never heard of them before. Yeah, it sounded like the executive producer people that they were talking about generally have a pretty good resume. Um, but the the production company Picture Start is like very new. I think it may be 2019 or something. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, there's no oh. there's no track record to judge against, really. They are doing a series called Letters to Blank, and then they pick an author, um, and I mm-hmm. guess they are doing an Animorphs one. So that's probably, oh. like, how that got connected to everything. Oh, that's awesome. Um, oh, that's, yeah, see, I wonder if that's what uh, Michael Grant was tweeting about a few, whatever, like a couple of months ago or something, when he mm-hmm. basically tweeted some cryptic message out there, like, oh, you know, we had some meeting, and Animorphs came up, and we found a great producer, and he's interested in doing it, and yada, yada, yada. So, that might have been it, is they were meeting for that letters to Applegate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, they've done they were like, what do you yeah. do a movie? Well, interesting. Yeah. Michael Grant is just towing the line. Like, he's going to get in trouble for telling us this shit any day now. He, like, <laughs> he give us shit. It's he's like he's, uh, like, hasn't waited long enough. I'll just let you get heads up. Hashtag Animorphs. Shit's going down. Yeah. I, I don't get the feeling like he's one of those people who gives much of a shit. And, like, yeah. he's just ready. <laughs> NDA, he wants fuck to your tell NDA. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Primary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so going back to your vision of this movie, I have a couple mm-hmm. of like questions I want to kind of throw out there. Um, okay. So we're talking about a movie leading into a TV series. As far as a movie, like, what do you picture? Like, is this like a obviously like theaters are kind of like an issue right now, but like, yeah. <laughs> would you imagine like it going to a theater and then having like a, a show on Netflix, or would it be like? a straight-to-Netflix type of movie, and then the series just kind of continues after it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would 
love to see a theatrical release, obviously. Like, the idea of getting to sit down in a theater with a box of popcorn and watch the Animorphs logo pop up on screen in front of me, uh, you know, that's a dream come true. Like, that would be incredible. Um, But, you know, with uh, the current situation and all, if it's not safe, it's not safe. So I think, um, you know, if it, if it's got to go Netflix first or whatever kind of, um, release, I don't even know. I'm, I don't even know who would release it. Would Netflix buy the option from Scholastic or picture start or whoever? I, I don't know how any of that stuff works. Um, so, but in short, theatrical release is what I would love to see. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it'd be like the end of that movie, Fanboys. Did you ever see Fanboys? Fantastic uh-huh. film. Oh, man. You're missing out there. Uh, but anyway, I'm not going to. Yeah, it's about a group of friends in, like, the 90s who one of their friends is, uh, like, dying of cancer. And they're all huge Star Wars fans. And so they go on this, like, journey to break into George Lucas's mansion and like steal an advanced <laughs> copy of Phantom Menace so that their buddy can oh see it God. before he passes away. Oh and it's no! It's really, really good. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> that could go uh, a very bad way. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> they're all sitting at the in the theater at the end when it finally comes out, and like the you know the credits start rolling, and they're all like with tears in their eyes and stuff. And then one of them turns to the other, and he's like, "What if it sucks?" And then the movie cuts oh, the credits. No. <laughs> But oh no, my heart. Anyway, <laughs> oh shit. So theatrical would be my preference. Uh, if it goes to Netflix, then that would be uh, fine too. You know, just anyway. Like I said, I I'm a huge fan, but I think that I am more willing to kind of um, give slack on the movie in whatever way is necessary than a lot of mm-hmm. other people. Uh, as long as it reaches a lot of people is a successful, you know, good film and kind of accomplishes its main goal, which to me is, you know, bringing Animorphs back into the cultural consciousness and kind of relaunching uh, the franchise and giving it the recognition that it deserves, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think that it has had. Yeah. And honestly, like with the pandemic and everything, like I imagine that this movie is going to take like at least a couple of years to actually yeah. like come out so like who knows what it's going to be like in in two years or whatever so yeah i mean that's my guess is like you know they, they just now have settled on like a production company and all that so yeah we're probably looking at 18 months minimum two years probably to actually get and i don't screen. yeah and i don't know like how filming things works now if like actors are mm. still social distancing and they're not you know collaborating yeah. and can tell you they just started filming on Jurassic World, the newest one that's <gasps> coming out. So I think they're starting. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll yeah finally going. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, speaking <laughs> of uh, speaking of Jurassic everything, uh, yeah, the somebody had posted on the group about uh, who should play Visser three, and I really think <gasps> Sam Neill would be. Uh, this isn't just this isn't just me trying to score brownie points with Alex here. Like I really think <laughs> Sam Neill would make an amazing Visser three. Yeah. And yet you're like, still you scoring do... brownie points with me. I know. Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, he plays, he can play a great villain. He can be very yeah. uh, intimidating. He can also be like over the top and hammy. He can do faces. He's got a great voice. He's super famous. Like I think, and I bet you, I bet, 
I bet you could get him to do it. Bet you anything. For sure. For sure. You would. I mean, look at this guy's filmography, okay? He's been in a million movies. Call Sam Neill. Tell him we need him in Animorphs. He'll be there. (laughs) Just tell him we need him. Don't tell him who he cares (laughs) this project is. We need you, Sam Neill. Come here. Put the Sam signal up. Just I wish I had one. Signal. Well, look, uh, Alex, um, what you need to do is go back through the Animorphs Anonymous podcast and make a supercut of all the times you talk about Sam Neill and then send that to him. two-hour episode. two-hour episode of Alex talking about Sam Neill. Yeah. Oh, my God. Then, oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Incredible. And then he'll um, know. He'll know the, de- the level of dedication that exists you cannot ignore us but like you brought up an idea that i latched onto a while back and that was also danny devito and so i also want that (laughs) (laughs) okay i need context for this conversation (laughs) because because i brought it up to casey so many times without context (laughs) yeah i know it's a thing but i don't know why well i mean the the why is imagine danny devito as visitor three and that's yeah. the why. Like, that's, it's so, it would work so perfectly. It's oh like that God. gif of him from Always Sunny where he goes, and so I just started shooting, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Visitor 3. Like, oh, okay, no there way. you go. Nailed it. So anyway, I started morphing. <laughs> so anyways, I chopped his head off. Yeah. <laughs> this guy said they might be humans, so uh, I killed him real quick, you know. Yeah. Can't have any yeah. of that. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I mean, just you know, he was he was uh, what the penguin or whatever from that Batman movie. Like, I bet you could get Danny DeVito to do Animorphs. Hell, you know what? Okay, let, jokes aside. Okay, he's doing the voice for Bob in the one and only Bob. Right. Uh, so he's already he's already going to be in a K. A. Applegate movie. Oh. So my guess is he's already a fan of K. A. Applegate. And if we get, you know, if we ask him, or if we get K.A. to ask him, or whatever. <laughs> we should start tweeting be, at them both and be like, yeah. oh, God. you got to play Visitor 3. I, but then now we've backtracked on Sam Neill, who's also a great choice. So, like, what do we do? I know. It's so tough. It's oh, hard no. to, <laughs> that's going to be a hard call to make. Like, do, if we, you know, that's the question. Do we want the dark and serious Animorphs movie in which case we cast Sam Neill or do we want the more goofy fun uh, adventure movie in which case we cast Danny DeVito okay here's my here's my problems with those casting is that Danny DeVito even while being like funny and goofy can be so depraved and I love that aspect (laughs) but Sam Neill would bring the like gravitas to Visitor 3 that makes him like an actual villain instead of like the camp monster did y'all ever see that movie uh, Dodgeball? Yes. Oh God! You remember yes. the remember the bad guy in Dodgeball? Um, ben Stiller. He's playing that <laughs> really weird guy. And there's the one scene where the guy comes in and he's like, uh, 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 Ben Stiller's like pleasuring himself with a slice of pizza or something like that. Like that's <laughs> how I imagine a Danny DeVito Visser Three would be. Right? Oh, he's like in his office rubbing a cinnamon bun over his chest or something and like Chapman walks in and is like, Oh my God, sir. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, I should have knocked. 
And then he just turns around, probably naked, and is like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Danny DeVito. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Nobody makes me lose my own blood. That's my vision Uh, for Animorphs, is a a nude Danny DeVito rubbing Cinnabon (laughs) over his chest. Oh, boy. Oh, this is also super good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a lot of ways this film can go. There, there are, and I just don't know. I mean, so now I'm set on having both Danny Vito and Sam Neill. So I think we got to yeah. move one of these castings to someone else. And I don't know who or yeah. why, but. I, and, you know, well, I don't know. Maybe Sam Neill could be Chapman. Who knows? But uh-huh. uh, so actually, um, I actually really love the uh, Visser 3 and Chapman actors from the show, from the 90s Nickelodeon show. Mm-hmm. Um, like, mm-hmm. you know, the show lacked in a lot of areas, obviously. But I thought that those two actually did a really fantastic job. Like, uh, especially the guy playing Visser 3 does a lot of, like, yeah. weird face work and is kind of suitably intimidating for, like, a Goosebumps-level uh, Animorphs Visser 3. And then Chapman absolutely looks like an assistant principal, so. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah, those were those were very good casting. I mean, the, the problem with the TV show is not the castings. I think they right. pretty much nailed yeah. that across the board. The writing was, you know. The well, animals, I mean, not good. you know, they, <laughs> they tried to make Goosebumps Animorphs, and it just right. doesn't work as a Nickelodeon show. Right. Yeah. Especially cute. one with a, you know, $4.60 budget. Right. <laughs> Canadian, so that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you know, they had a budget, but it's like 80% of it went to these morphs that, you know, took like 30 seconds in a 30-minute episode and like 6 right. weeks to film because it's 1998. Right. So that was the, you know, that was the freaking problem there. Oh, yeah. oh my God! I just thought of something. Hmm. Okay, my only vision for the movie—the only thing I need and want and deserve—is that they actually get a red tail to play Tobias this time. Thank you. <laughs> Instead of a freaking Harris Hawk. There will be riots in the theater if they don't. I'm sure. <laughs> I feel oh, like there's no. riots over the TV show because that yeah. was just like, it, it. If they had said any other hawk, if they're like, oh, it was a Broadwing hawk, like, okay, you can get a few that kind of look similar and be like, kids won't know. But it's a fucking red-tailed hawk. The one character trait about them is they have a goddamn red tail. Like, come on. Yeah. Sorry. This you have people bothering. hurling their cokes at the screen like, a fucking Cooper's <laughs> hawk? What does this look like to you? That's not even the blue tail. That's an assipiter, you motherfucker. <laughs> this isn't my vision. <laughs> This isn't anyone's uh, vision. Clearly the person yeah. was blind who did this. And why did they not have a red tail hawk? Was it, like, that much more expensive to get a fucking red tail? Like, what There's the hell so was the logic there? there? Okay, yeah. here's what I think. Because there... And this, again, this is total fan fiction, but here's what I think. So, um, falconers are a very proud peoples, and a mm. red tail is, like, one of the very first birds that you can have. I believe it's a red tail or a kestrel. Uh, mm-hmm. because they're so common. And so when a falconer gets some street cred, they're like, mm, got to move up from that red tail. And so they're oh, like, God. they go up to Harris Hawk, and then they go up to, like, falcons. They're like, hey, but we don't need a falcon yet. We need a hawk. And they're like, well, I have this Harris Hawk. 
And it was in Canada, so they had to import it clearly and had to, like, you know, <laughs> buy it from someone. So they're like, we want to showcase this. And it's like, oh, fuck I, you, dude. I am learning <laughs> some shit today. <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 oh, my God, that's amazing. It's like... Oh. Like race car drivers moving up to like better cars. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is. It oh absolutely God. is. You but, gotta start. No, it's unforgivable. Forward. It's it unforgivable. Is. Okay, like it's it's not just that Tobias happens to be a red tail hawk. Like if they'd if they'd had like, you know, Marco as an as a freaking uh, Harrier instead of a uh, an Osprey or whatever in the show yeah. that would have been nothing, okay. But like yeah. Tobias is specifically, explicitly, yeah. and always called out as a red tail hawk. Yeah, yep. so that was fucked up. Yep. And how many times they mentioned like the flash of red, like the rusted, right. like it's just, yeah. ugh, it's important. <laughs> Scream. They should have just had him as like a pigeon. <laughs> yeah. Like they whatever. But just Whatever, get out of here. Refer to no him as a red tail hawk. <laughs> Have him, you know, he he tears in and like rakes people's eyes, but it's like a pigeon. They're just like, ah! And they just like gaslight us into thinking this is what a red tail yeah. hawk. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Gaslight the fandom. No, no, this is a red tail. This is how it's described in the books, and then they'll republish it, and they'll be like, "See right here." <laughs> it's Oh, man, that's brutal. They're not that named after their brutal. red tails. They're named after Samuel Redtail, who discovered them. Yes, of <laughs> course. Audubon's right-hand man, who helped him hunt down all of the birds. Come on. Oh, Sammy Redtail. <laughs> this is the one that Audubon threw him a bone for. He's like, you know what? Yeah, sure, you discovered that one. There wasn't a million of them outside or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, should we debate animated versus live action? Yeah, I mean, um, well, for the movie, I mean, they've already said it's live action for the movie. And I really, I think that that's the right way to go for the movie. Like nowadays yeah. with the technology that they have and just like seeing, you know, what they've done with um, YA movies like Hunger Games and Divergent and stuff like that. Like even if you don't necessarily like the movies, like they all look good at least. Um, and so I, th I think live action for the movie is, is pretty much the right way to go. Yeah. And then the show, I've always been a fan of the idea of an animated show just because, but I think that that's mostly because, um, I think that a lot of the problems that the Nickelodeon show had could have been solved by if it had been animated instead, you know? Like, we could have mm -hmm. seen some taxons and, like, the morphs wouldn't have been god-awful rubber suits. And maybe yeah. the show would have had a budget and some writing or anything else. But I think nowadays, in a very similar way to the movies, like, I think you could probably do a really great um, live-action show. And, you know, to keep calling back to it, I think, like, something like The 100 um, does a great job. That's a, that's a level of... Um, effects and um, set design and stuff like that that I think would, would do justice to the book series. Um, yeah. So li I think live action all the way is more than doable at this point. Yeah. But, I you know, if they have a spinoff series and it's animated, that'd be great. Kind of like a Clone Wars or whatever or Teen Titans or something like that. That would be badass. Yeah. So, 
My my only issue with like making it fully animated. I, I'm assuming we're talking like 2D animated. If you're referencing Clone Wars and um, Teen Titans. Um, uh-huh. But like, so because it's I guess it kind of depends on like what tone you're going for because I feel like animation is still very much considered like a kids thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. So I kind of feel like if you wanted to really go darker and grittier with it you would have you would have to do live action um in order for it to still be like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah Sorry, i mean joking. i think that there's some you know there's some anime out there that i think could hit the uh mm-hmm. hit the tone um but i don't know you know i don't know about doing the show as an as an anime though you know yeah I I mean I selfishly I want it to be live action, but that's like mm-hmm. I I I don't have I, there's great reasons to have it animated, you know, budget, being able to do some of the aliens, mm-hmm. the sequencing. There's some really good arguments for it, but like my heart is just set on live action. But yeah, like 3D has advanced so much in yeah. you know the the 20 or 30 years it's been that like I, I'm sure like. 3D animating attack then would be like no big deal now. Yeah, I'm sure they could do. They could probably make it look really badass. Well, yeah. but another um, another argument I think for having it live action um, ties back into my kind of core desire, which is just to see the movie succeed. Like it doesn't even it doesn't even have to please me as much as it is. I, it's important to me that the movie is successful, that it is good. And that's mm-hmm. that um, you can get famous actors. You know what I mean? Like, if you really had Sam Neill playing Visser 3, like, that's going to mm-hmm. bring some people to the theater. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to give the oh, movie yeah. Some, yeah. some weight um, and some seriousness. And so I think well, that, yeah, live action opens up that door, basically. Well, and another thing I just thought of is um, because Animorphs is so rooted in, like, a reality, but if there were aliens coming in, like yeah. I think it would just be a ba- on a very basis more relatable if it were live action, and it's just like this is a normal town with normal kids, and their whole yeah. world is disrupted. Because I I think animation, um, generally it's more reserved for like a much more fantastical sort of, uh, setting. Um, but like yeah. the fact that like this is very real and gritty, it would just serve really well to be live action. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. And I think um, just talking about not so much fan service, but maybe a cool little nod to like the longtime fans would be bringing back Sean Ashmore or whoever yeah. to come in and play a different <laughs> yeah. role. Like, you know? Yeah. Sean Ashmore is Tom now. Oh my oh. God. That would be so cool. No. Sorry. That would just yeah. be amazing. That would be amazing. Because uh. it's like. Mm. You know, Jake gets uh, captured in book six. Jake becomes a controller, and now the Jake is the controller for the show or for the movie, basically. Oh my god! Let's just have all of the old actors come back and play the parents or the siblings. <laughs> <laughs> like Brooke Nevin comes that, back. She's but... Naomi. Oh, oh Brooke Nevin would, would kill it heart. as Naomi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be I... incredible. I love her so <sighs> much. Yeah. Oh my god. Somebody could finally um, explain to uh, to Christopher Rolfe why Tobias is so popular. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a bird, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so a little uh, anecdotal um, statistics here. Uh, so I'm, I'm on the Animorphs group, and so I, I approve all the um, people who um, apply to 
get in and we have the, you know, we have the, the questions, right? And one of the questions mm-hmm. is, who's your favorite Animorph? And I got to tell you, it's like 80 to 90% Tobias, hands down. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which, Tobias was never my favorite Animorph, so it's weird for me because I'm like, where's the Marco love, guys? Come on. But, uh, oh. <laughs> but like, yeah, everybody fucking loves Tobias. Yeah, I feel like whenever somebody posts a poll, like, in the group, it's always like, who's your favorite? And they're like, Tobias, for sure. Maybe secondary, like, after Marco. (laughs) And whenever you talk to somebody who, like, read two or three of the books as a kid, and then, like, like, they're like, oh, yeah, Animorphs, I remember that. They always know Tobias. That's the one that they know. And Scholastic thought we wouldn't be able to relate to him. Oh, I know. What a travesty. I know. Like what a mistake of history. <laughs> that will go down in the future as one of the greatest mistakes of the 90s. <laughs> it's like uh, it's just below the burning of the Library of Alexandria. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so many book crimes. <laughs> yeah, it's like the burning of the Library of Alexandria uh, and then, you know, getting Axe and Tobias to switch books and then uh, the Holocaust. Yeah, for sure. That's the list that we're creating. That's the the list for ultimate tragedies in history. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's good. That's pretty dang good. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Do we have any other? Yeah, I I did want to say some stuff. Um, Yeah. So I, I just wanted to say thank you so much uh to you guys for doing this podcast it's been um an amazing journey for me to listen along with you guys and it's just so you know i look forward to it hugely every every two weeks i'm i'm waiting for the new episode and i think that you guys have really killed it and like you know you've made me look at uh some of the books differently. You maybe really change my perspective on some of the books, which is pretty surprising to me seeing as I've read them all so many times for so many years, you know, and to, to get a new perspective on them like that is, uh, is really something special. So I think that you guys have done a incredible job uh, with this podcast and you should be very, very proud of the work Aww. that you've done on this. Thank you. Thank you. Shock. Aww. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, I'm like, I'm embarrassed now. <laughs> did we oh, did man. we make well, you like the Buffer Man book? You did. You did. Yes, somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I it, I didn't think it was possible. I was shocked. I finished the episode and I was like, do I like the Buffer Human book now? Like, yes. is this a good book? <laughs> what oh, the God. hell? We broke everything. (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll say just a personal thanks to you, Jeff, because you were the one that told me Catherine Applegate was coming into town and like you've, you've uh, told me some stuff that, that has (laughs) just been so awesome for me personally. So thank you, man. Thanks for that shit. Yeah, it was, uh, man, meeting her was like so incredible. She is such a, uh, just a delightful person um, to meet, you know, face to face. Like it's 
Yeah. It's really, you know, they say don't meet your heroes or whatever, but like Catherine Applegate is really on the like, to me, she's on like Steve Irwin, Fred Rogers level of just like angel in human form type person. Where you're just <laughs> like, how the hell are you this awesome and this great of a person like in real life? Mm-hmm. That's not exa- an exaggeration at all. Like I, when I met her, it was the exact same thing. And like, I... <laughs> I felt like such a creep because it was like uh, the signing for Endling and like there's yeah. all these kids gathered around and I walk yeah. up there and I she's like Animorphs? I'm like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh. well, and she was, just spent was, so much time. She's so sweet. It was even worse for me because I met her at the signing for uh, Sometimes You Fly, which is like a kid's kid's book. It's yeah. like, you know, four-year-olds. <laughs> there's like eight words on every page. And like <laughs> I, I show up uh, you know, sweating bullets because I'm like about to meet my hero here, and um, uh-huh. she's there uh-huh. like reading her book to all these like you know, there's like 50 kids there and their parents, and mm-hmm. uh, you know she's she's awesome. She's like answering all these kids great questions and like really engaging, and like they're all asking about uh, the one and only Ivan a lot, you know, which uh, mm-hmm. is is a huge book, um, even beyond Animorphs, uh, but like so. <laughs> They, she finishes her little thing and sits down to do the signing and it's just like me and 50 kids standing in a line and like two or three other people in their like late 20s and 30s clutching some Animorphs books just like oh, oh, oh Catherine's here oh. <laughs> but she was great oh. I mean like everybody who went up there you know she she spent like you know four or five minutes talking to everybody signing books taking pictures answering questions and like it's so it's so awesome how much she obviously still loves Animorphs and exactly. how much respect she has for the fandom. And, um, you know, I, I had my first and my last book with me and I was, I I was kind of embarrassed. I did the same one. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was embarrassed. You know, uh, you know, cause I, I brought multiple books to sign cause I was getting her to sign back yeah. and the sometimes you fly. And so I didn't want to impose or anything, but like there were people there with like four or five Animorphs books and she was just happy to sign all of those. And, um, my, my, I had my original copy of number one, like from 96, which was just ratty as hell, you know, missing the inside (laughs) cover and dog-eared and God knows what stains on it and everything. And I was like, well, you can see how much I love this book. And she was like, yes, Mm -hmm. it's clearly that this book has meant a lot to you. it uh, It was incredible to meet her. Yeah, she's true. Like, it same sort of experience for me where she was just so nice. And she kept, like, I kept thinking, like, okay, they're going to try to hurry me along. Like, I got to yeah. like, get out whatever I'm going to say and then, like, move along. And she kept, like, restarting the conversation, which was incredible because especially when you're meeting, like, I, obviously, I'm, like, not, I don't do any cool shit, but, like, I do a few art shows where people want to talk to the artists and everything. And it's, incredibly hard when somebody stops talking to like re-engage them and say like no no, no it's it's cool like keep asking like yeah. let's keep this dialogue going and the fact that she did so effortlessly yeah, yeah it was like she was just showing that like i want to continue this with you and that felt better than any word she could have said just that she actually cared enough to want to keep the conversation going and she's amazing and then she asked if I forgave her for the ending, and that's when <laughs> my voice hit pitches I did not know I could hit. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. she's awesome. <laughs> I, 
I, no, that was oh. when I pointed to my tattoo and I said, it's the blood of my body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't you have my that. Animorphs tattoo at the time. I wish I had, because I totally would have <laughs> yeah. been like, Busted sign under and, like, this, and I will get that tattooed on me. Oh, that's the smartest son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. That would be the thing to do. Oh, man. Okay. Well, now now we got to find time. a signing. When Yeah, next time she's doing book signings, this is something that yeah. we should plan out and like, go do and like have her do for, for us. <laughs> I, I really hope that they do like events uh, to hype the movie, you know what I mean? Like oh, that would be yeah. really awesome. That would be incredible. I mean, they're re-releasing like the book pins and everything, but if they could actually tie that into like a come here, Catherine speak about something, or Michael Grant do yeah. it, like I'd be there. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and I mean, oh, man. like I said, I I hope that like uh, my hope is that Animorphs gets reborn you know what i mean and like the Mm -hmm. tv show and the movies are great but i want to see a toy line video games you know merchandising whatever man tabletop games and uh, there are a lot of people who are actually working on um i've seen a few uh animorphs tabletop games or you know Mm -hmm. D um kind of reskins for animorphs and stuff like that so like all that's already out there but like it would be so cool to see kind of just a full full court press rebirth of the series um, happened because of this. That's that's my dream is that this kind of kicks off a uh, resurgence yeah. of Animorphs. And like, you know, um, so like the Star Wars prequels, uh, not, not the greatest films ever made, you know, were they good? No. Are they the reason that we have Star Wars content today? New Star Wars content? Almost certainly, mm-hmm. you know. And which is why it's more important to me that the movie is successful than, you know, that it Mm -hmm. necessarily has every bit of fan service that I would ever want to see in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with that. Oh man. The music though to those pre prequels are amazing. And now I'm wondering about (laughs) animal music. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a whole other question. I mean, like I, they've got to have like a heavy nineties soundtrack. Like we need like goo goo dolls and stuff like that in the the Animorphs movie for sure. My dream. Oh, that would be so good. Like, even if they like update a lot of the other shit about the series, having that nineties playlist would be. Well, I mean, look, the series the the movie and the series everything has to happen in the 90s that to me is non-negotiable like you can't mm-hmm. we can't have no animals 2020 yeah no cell phones none of that okay like it's got to be 90s and i mean i think that there's enough movies and shows out there um set in like the 80s and 90s that show that it, that can work that can 100 percent work mm-hmm. having your film set in that uh, kind of time period yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll I'll agree with that. I just, you know, I always feel like they want to update some things when they do these. Yeah. <laughs> That's my yeah. I mean, I think they'll probably end up aging up the uh, Animorphs also a little bit, which I would yeah. be I think I'd be okay with that. Like if they're 16 or whatever, then that that works for me. It's just going to be way easier if you're doing it live action. It's going to be way easier um as far as casting goes and everything to like find a bunch of 16 and 17 year old looking actors than it is not even like yeah for sure but like not just that part it's like how fast 13 
to, you know, 16-year-olds exactly. grow, it's be easier to keep them consistent. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're going to run into like the Harry Potter syndrome where it's like they're coming yeah. back the next, the next school year and freaking Ron's like, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. oh. oh, man. They should just well, go get y'all's, uh, they should just get y'all's Spotify playlist. Yeah. That's the, that's, oh, yeah. That's the sound, that's the sound for the, the movie. <laughs> the people have spoken. That is the combination that people want to see. <laughs> oh my well, god, Casey, you said something one time um, for like music that Axe would listen to, and it's like that uh, <laughs> that guy that boo up or what? I don't, I can't even freaking do it. But he's he's got like the weird yeah, yeah. Uh, outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like that's that's what they need to play when Axe oh comes on screen. God. Oh my god! <laughs> which, speaking of which, I mean, I think that if they did the movie as book one, um, but you wanted to have Axe in it, I think that that's totally doable. Like instead of trying to cram the first four books into the movie and have them go rescue Axe, like you could just have him crash with Elfangor, you know, like he's in the ship or whatever, and then Elfangor dies and he's with the kids. Like I don't really see that breaking the breaking the series or anything like that like that would totally work in my opinion oh they don't uh, even need to go that far they could just play the dome ship crashing down into the ocean and we could get that whole sequence that we only get as recap in axe's book like we could just play oh, it simultaneously awesome. in real time yes um someone on twitter uh suggested that what they wanted i wish i could remember who it was but they wanted um a trilogy of animorphs movie where the first movie was the first book the second movie was uh books two and three and then the third movie was books four and five and you would end on kind of the cliffhanger of marco knowing that his mom is alive and right and kind of like and the end on a, like a hopeful note for the future of earth um yeah, yeah i thought that be... was kind of an interesting take You'd have some really great cinematic stuff too, because they, that's like the first book where they actually like get into space, you know, and just like the mm -hmm. shot of them escaping in the escape pod at the end from the pool ship and like looking down at the earth, you know, and realizing that yeah. they, they have to fight to save earth and that, you know, they're all that stands between the Yerks and earth. Like, I think that that would also, that would work pretty good. Mm hmm But I think ultimately yeah. it, it has to be a, a TV series. Like you couldn't... Yeah. Even cutting out filler books and everything else, like the idea of cramming 64 books plus Chronicles and stuff like that into any number of movies is kind of, mm -hmm. I just don't see that working at all. Yeah, I actually, um, the other day I went through all the books and I was trying to figure out which books you could omit. And it's actually like a decent number of them yeah. don't contribute to the overall plot. They're just mostly like character development, which I think is important. But also, like, if you yeah. absolutely needed to cut a book, you could cut like a, a lot of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that. So for a series, I would like it a lot better because you could do um, arcs. You know, like mm -hmm. the whole David thing would work oh so much better as a like season on a TV show than it would oh, yeah. as a, a movie. You know what I mean? Because it's like the kind yeah. of slow realization that David is fucked up beyond all repair and mm -hmm. that they have made a huge mistake and then David turns into this like super evil villain that's like one of their most dangerous enemies in the entire 
series like that. I think that whatever, if they do a TV show, I think that the season that they do the David Ark in is probably going to be one of the best seasons. Oh, for sure. For sure. Hands down. Oh. That's, that's my other concern about a movie is because with a movie, you have more of like a time restriction to like yeah. get all this information and develop all these characters. And I think with a TV show, you could take it a lot slower. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so. you know, Animorphs, that's one of the reasons that Animorphs is so good is because by the time you reach the end of the series, you've spent so much time with mm-hmm. these characters and in this world and like, you know, you've absorbed it into your DNA. And so that everything that happens, you have all this context behind it, even the like filler mm-hmm. books, you know what I mean? Like, because even the filler books, like you're saying, there's a lot of books where like the plot doesn't move along but there's so many character moments that are in those books, like even, you know, the Nartek books and stuff like that, ones that aren't like super good or, you know, would be necessary to kind of tell the plot of Animorphs. Like you get so much character development in those that like losing that would lose you something from Mm -hmm. the whole experience. If it was like a movie series. For sure. (sighs) But you could cut out the the Jake Mann book that I hate. Oh yeah, that one has to be like that's terrible. Uh, but see, that's another reason that I would like to see like a SG one type uh, series is because, um, you know, you could take some of these stories that aren't very good, like the Jake Mann book or like the Nartek or whatever, and turn them into comedy episodes. Like SG one, mm. it's a it's a relatively serious show. It's like an adventure sci fi show, but like every now and then they do an episode that's just like you know goofs basically. And like mm-hmm. if you if you had a TV show in that kind of vein in that tone, then I think that that would give you the opportunity to every now and then drop the you know horrors of war tone and kind of do a funny episode or do like a goofy you know Cassie goes to the outback whatever adventure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that book's critical to the series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100% that's the, the Helmicrons. Oh, oh fucking hell. See, I <laughs> like the Helmicrons. I know it's blasphemy, okay, but I fucking love the Helmicrons, okay? Because, <laughs> like, I... that's the show, you know, the books, it's supposed to be a goofy Saturday morning cartoon adventure. It's just that Catherine Applegate is such an amazing person that she was like, hell no, I'm not going to lie to these 11-year-olds about the horrors of war and the moral corrosiveness of violence. So you ended up getting Animorphs, you know what I mean? Instead of Power Rangers. I mean, that's, that's true. If the Helmicrons were just the first book, I would have been like, okay, like, they're uh, yeah. fine. It's like a funny enemy. It's just the rabies book just so personally affronts me that like, <laughs> I can't forgive the Helmicrons for the, that. The second one um, is so much worse than the first one, though. I, oh, I gotta, you know, I like the first oh, Helmicron yeah. book, but it's it's even tough for me to read the second one. Yeah. So bad. And it's like a half Rachel, half Marco book, which, yeah. you know, I'm a big Rachel Marco shipper. That would be awesome for me, except that it sucks. So that's a big part. <laughs> <Get it back. laughs> the yeah. one time you could have been vindicated. <laughs> I know. I know. It was so close. Well, I got, you know, I got my vindication in Megamorphs 4 when they totally go on a date and Rachel is completely into Marco and it's <laughs> canon. 
and you cannot deny it. Yes, it's in an alternate universe, but that doesn't matter because they are the same people. I mean, one could argue that even in um, one of the earlier books, the ones where they where Marco rediscovers his mom and he and Rachel were like hanging out at the museum or whatever, they seem to be having oh, yeah. a good time that day before Marco like runs off after his own mother. Yeah, so, and I mean, like, if you read, look, when I read the Rachel books, okay, like, you know, she says, you know, oh, I love Tobias, or Tobias is great or whatever, but she doesn't actually spend that much time talking about why Tobias is so great and why she likes him so much, but she sure as hell has got some commentary on why Marco is cool and why he's necessary for the group. I mean, that's cool. fair, but <laughs> Tobias is the favorite character in the fandom, as you said, so I we know, don't need oh explanation. God. We all know he's Shipping great. Shipping <laughs> Look, <laughs> you know, I, I have to fight my battles sometimes, so. <laughs> I mean, I really have chosen the easy path being, well, chosen. I just really like Rachel and Tobias together. And it's easy for me because I just get to sit here and do nothing. Yeah, and you're exactly. the one that has to argue. Friendship <laughs> is yep. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like I was saying earlier about how you guys had kind of um, made me you know, see things in a different perspective in the book series, like the Rachel Cassie relationship. I had never picked up on the issues with that until you guys uh, were talking about it and how like, how fucking strange their, you know, quote friendship really is throughout the series. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. you know, it's only in the Rachel books, like the Rachel in her books is always talking about how great Cassie is and how much she loves Cassie and admires Cassie and all this stuff. And then, like, Cassie barely gets a freaking mention of Rachel in her books normally. And, like, yeah, man, this one that y'all just did, uh, what, 52, um, you know, holy crap, when Cassie, like, is going in on Rachel and it's just like, wow, the friendship is freaking over, man. Yeah. And yeah. Rachel's last book with David, where at the end, Cassie's like, well, what are you going to do? And, oh, you know, all this other crap. And Rachel's like, look, I'm going to fucking go do what I got to do. Thanks for your help. Fucking leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah, like damn. the best. That, that, I think that book is probably like the best <clears throat> moment of explaining why their friendship is the way it is. Because it's like Cassie just will never get it. And Rachel loves her so much that she's willing to do this. And Cassie's just yeah. still in her own little like, I want to be a good kid. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's like Cassie uses Rachel. Like, that's so fucked up. Yeah. She uses yep. her, you know what I mean? And, like, mm -hmm. Rachel never uses Cassie. Like, she doesn't, it, she doesn't, um, it's not, it's not Cassie's morality that Rachel leans on or uses to her advantage. Uh, mm -hmm. And so it's, it's just such a strange uh, kind of dichotomy. And I really wonder, like, was that something that Applegate meant to put in the book series or is this some kind of like subconscious weird shit going on uh with Kay Applegate and it's always anytime I think of anything to do with Cassie I always kind of have to view it through the lens of Cassie being the Mary Sue of Catherine Applegate you know which she's explicitly oh, yeah. said before that kind of Cassie is like her in a character you know mm -hmm. and so it's it's really strange it gives kind of yeah. any, any Cassie issue. It gives a kind of weird cast to where it's like it this is kind of Applegate speaking as herself almost. 
Oh. And what's super weird about that is if you look at Michael Grant as Marco, it doesn't yeah. have that strangeness. Like, it's like, no. oh, yeah, those two are one in the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like 100% I see that. Uh, but I really like um, how kind of self-aware uh, Applegate is about Cassie. There was some, I think it was like an interview on one of the old websites or something like that where she did where she talks about, you know, she mentions that Cassie is kind of her Mary Sue, you know, it's like, this is kind of mm-hmm. the, the most me character out here. But then she kind of goes in on Cassie and she's like, you know, straight up calls her out for hypocrisy, being, uh, you know, morally inconsistent, basically uh, mm-hmm. having a kind of morality of convenience, you know, like it's easy mm-hmm. for her to, to be a pacifist in certain situations. And then like when it's not easy, she, you know, will oftentimes make, you know, the quote unquote wrong choice or whatever. So that was, uh, that, that was pretty interesting to me. It gave me a lot of respect for, uh, Catherine Applegate to kind of have a Mary Sue, but be able to recognize the, the kind of, um, criticisms of that character as being, you know, valid and legitimate. Yeah. Dang. I want to see that interview now because that's really, I like that. Yeah, I, I can respect that. that. <laughs> She did a few um, for, like, old Animorphs websites and, like, various publishers and stuff like that where she'll she'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit in uh, at length about some of the series. And it's always I feel like stuff. I've seen some of them. Like, I've seen a few on YouTube, but there's only one or two that I was easily able to find. Yeah. Well, you guys, I mean, when you finish the series, you have to, uh, last episode, you need to cover the... Um, the letters that she wrote about the end of the series and kind of how it was, um, how it was received. Cause mm-hmm. like that's to me, that's as integral a part of the end of the series as you know, what's written Canon uh, is just kind of sure. what her perspective on it is and, and seeing what the context is that she used to kind of write the end of the series. Right. Yeah. It adds so much depth. Yeah. Really does. Oh man. Okay. What haven't we talked about yet? Movie related uh, here. Taxon Chronicles and why that never happened. And why it needs right? to. And Pamelite. And why it needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. I don't want to see the damn Pamelite Chronicles. I'm so pissed <laughs> at the Chi. Okay. Fuck the Chi. I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna fucking oh, no. come out and say it. All right. I'm. I'm. I'm throwing my hat over the ring. I'm putting my flag in the sand. Fuck the Chi. But puppies. No, I fuck him. I, okay. I will stand with you. I will stand with you because of my absolute hatred of Eric, which I have made very yeah. clear throughout this entire podcast. I I stand with you on that sand dune. I was so done with that dude. Like I didn't care about him until the very end, like the last two books, and then at the end, I was just like, man, fuck Eric, fuck the Chi, fuck them all. Okay. Yeah. Can't believe you dicks did this shit. I can't yeah. believe you've done this. <laughs> and I mean, you know, if I, you look at it, like the Chi could have ended the war at any time. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, Easily. book five, Eric wipes out like fifty freaking controllers and Hort Bajir and everything like in two seconds. And then the the uh, book where they go down to the Pemelite ship, freaking as soon as they as soon as they reset the Chi net, Eric apparently runs two hundred miles underwater in about five seconds, and freaking yeah. shows up, saves the day. So I'm like, y'all literally could have ended the war at any time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, 
before they had the Pemelite crystal, then that's one thing. You've got programming, you can't do it or whatever. But, like, they got the crystal. Y'all now have the power. But instead, you're going to let a bunch of 13-year-olds fight your fight for you. But, yeah. narratively, would that have been the most interesting solution? No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Devil's advocate here. No. <laughs> you're absolutely uh, right. I'm glad that they didn't, okay? But still, yeah. fuck the shit. That's my opinion. I mean... <laughs> Quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> Jeff says, fuck the cheek. Yeah, put that on my gravestone, okay? That's going on my tombstone. Damn it, Eric. Jeff Thompson, loving father, fuck the cheek. <laughs> loving father, left his family to film Animorph, fuck the cheek. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. A fitting uh, epitaph. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree though. Fuck the chi. I I was done after the book where he unleashed all of his powers and then was like, but mentally it's really but tough no. for me. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck you. Yeah, it's like it's really great for all these thirteen year old kids, so you know. Yeah. Well you guys <laughs> sorry. will forget because you're human, so it's different. You guys are gonna die someday. <laughs> like I'm not. Yeah. And that was such Fucking a weird laugh. That was such a weird book anyway, because like, you know, they, they're, they're, the Animorphs are debating whether they're going to go get this, you know, crystal and let the Chi become violent or whatever. And I'm like, y'all are 13. These dudes are like 5,000 years old. I know he's projecting a hologram of like a 12 year old, but like, oh, it man. seems to me like this guy is in a better position to make an informed decision about whether he wants to, you know, act violent than you are yeah. about whether you're going to allow him to do so. Oh my god, oh yep. my god, oh my god, I just thought of something. Hmm. Are the cheese supposed to be like the elves from Lord of the Rings? Like oh, when, when the war starts to get bad and the elves are just like, all right, we're going to go to the, the, the Great Haven. Oh, damn. Like, you're <laughs> oh. immortal scum. Like, oh no. Oh my god. Casey. Oh my god. Casey, oh my god. <laughs> See, I told you, you guys, you're blowing my mind with this shit here. Holy shit. The G for sure are the elves. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. So they're going to they're gonna sail off to wherever. That's one, yeah. of, you know, that's one of the things I would like to see. Um, so I, I love the end of the series. I cannot wait to hear you guys' episodes. Uh, I love the last two books. And there's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's like post-war um, that I really enjoyed reading. But, like, I feel like there's so much missing from a lot of that post-war stuff. Like, no spoilers or anything, but you don't really get to see a lot about the adults, you know? Like, how the kids interact with their families after the end of the war. You don't see pretty much anything about, like, what happens to the chi or anything. I always wondered what happens to the Nartek after the end of the war, you know? Like, <laughs> if Jake is, like, talking to the president, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's, like, an Atlantis, and they're trying to kill us all, so you may want to go, like, uh nuke that with a sub real quick or fuck the nartek that's my yeah, stance the yeah. <laughs> no I hope controversy the there. just like this is just too much for me to decide right now yeah. we'll worry about the mermen later <laughs> yeah, like, i don't i can't even but yeah see now i'm wondering like in book 45 when marco you know tells his dad everything about the war does he tell him about the damn nartek because that would be one where i would have some questions <laughs> at that point okay like, you know, they, they take him to the Chi, and Marco's dad is like, whoa, I thought you were kidding about the dog aliens. I'm like, dude, what about the freaking mermen? 
I have questions about the mermen. Oh my god. Did anyone mention them in, like at all? Because I feel like that would be the part where they're like, listen, they'll believe us about the aliens. They'll believe us about yeah. the technology. We cannot fucking tell them about the mermen. <laughs> like <laughs> just make a pact right now. No one talk about them. <laughs> Swear ourselves to secrecy about the Nartec. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything else they can know, but the world is not ready to handle the little mermaid <laughs> gone wrong. <laughs> it's like it's like in book five when they're uh, demorphing from lobster and that lady's freaking out and they're just like, Look, it's a bad dream. Nobody's going to believe you. Just pretend that this never happened, okay? There is no war in Boxing Say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also kind of feel like the Nartek problem is going to solve itself. Like, I don't see those guys getting their shit together enough to actually, like, wage war on the surface world anytime soon, so. Oh, God, no. Like, three quarters of their population can't even walk on land, so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're, like, living in a tavern full of nuclear waste. Like, there's (laughs) there's no threat there. There's not going to be a, there's not going to be a Nartek 9-11, okay? (laughs) <laughs> Can you imagine that? So, like, well, we got to send in all our special forces after these mermen because yeah. they blew up our building, and they get down there, and it's just a bunch of like weak, dying, like aliens. Like, uh. what the <laughs> fuck? Like, well, <laughs> what like the Nartek Pearl Harbor? God, <laughs> they can't mutate anymore. What are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah, I'd maybe admit them from the whole. Recap. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. That's unnecessary for the series. <laughs> Man, I wonder if they ever like went back and like studied the Kentucky Derby records and were like, "This was a tampered with one. We need to like resolve this issue." <laughs> there's like That'd be another there's some controller plot. with like the red string pin board, and he's like, "And then Minneapolis Max won the the Derby." <laughs> And he wasn't even a thoroughbred. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, Visser, and then Visser three just kills him. He's like, I don't, I'm not listening to this guy. Get these strings off the wall. It looks messy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, I wonder if they would consider using real animals for some shots, or if they're all just gonna do like all fucking CGI. I mean, honestly, I kind of hope they go all CG just because in a practicality sense, like, uh-huh. it's hard to shoot animals and, you know, that's an expensive thing to do. I mean, CG is not super cheap, I guess, but, like, I don't know. It is I mean, you underpay the artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't really want to underpay the tiger trainer <laughs> on your set. You know? <laughs> you know? You don't want to go with the cheapest bid for the guy with a lion. <laughs> um, so. I can bear it. It's just Man, like the I feel tiger. Like some it's of Joe them Exotic. Oh God. oh, God. He's out of jail, guys. Let's do yeah. this. <laughs> Scholastic bailed him out, and now he's oh, no. working on the Animorphs film. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like some of the or, shots they could do like real animals and make it work like horses are pretty yeah. well trained and like dogs and stuff they could at least do hear me yeah, out hear me out. okay I'm right. ready 
gender swapped V3, and it's Carol Baskins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Danny and DeVito is her stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh, pretty funny, God. actually. Yeah. Hey, you cool cats and kittens. Time to take over the earth. <laughs> oh, no. Just feed him to the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but how do we feel if Michael Grant reprised one of the roles? Because I believe I described Visitor 3 as looking almost exactly like like Michael Grant at one point during right. our podcast. Can run. Michael Grant play Mr. Grant from Marco's yeah, you know, I was just about to say yes. that. Yeah. Yes, he can. Yes, roll. He has to be Mr. Grant, fat and bald and <laughs> just old. In his underwear. In his in underwear the in like a dark donut. office building. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, man, I would love to see Applegate as, like, one of Kathy's mom's co-workers at the zoo that they just run into and is just super nice to them. Yeah. She's <laughs> oh, like, you guys want to go play with the gorilla? Have fun. <laughs> showing off owls to you. the, like, little kids or whatever. Yeah. That would be adorable. That would. I bet she'd love that, too. She probably would. She worked at the Minnesota Raptor Center, so she can probably handle them pretty decently. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're exactly right. She could just do like a rap. She could be doing a Raptor show in the background while Cassie's mom is like, hey, kids, ready for some nice and neat? Oh my god. I so hope that Nine Inch Nails does some sort of a cover and they refer to them as yeah. nice as neat the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Schwarzenegger or, would have to have a cameo as well. Yeah. The governor. Yeah. Or like when you yeah. go to the offspring concert, they can get the offspring oh, man. I mean they're all like thirty years older now, but you know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean I think you know. Offspring has to be uh, some music in the movie too. Like that's as far as yeah. music goes. Like, Offspring is right up the alley. That's got to be like Heck Jake's yeah. theme song or something. Oh, yes, uh, yes to all of this. So yes, this is all. Oh, these are all that. great ideas. I'm so glad <laughs> these are all going to go directly into the movie. Directly into the movie. Yes. See, this is <laughs> like I told you. I'm going to go. I'm going to go find the producer, rescue their kid from getting run over by a car, or like pushed into a lake mm-hmm. or something. And then I'm going to be like, "Look, the only thing I want for saving your child's life is complete creative control over the animals." <laughs> <laughs> I will take editation edit- notes into consideration. What I need yeah. is complete creative control <laughs> I, guess say. I mean come at me with your ideas you know i want to hear them but uh it's, it's gonna be whatever i want it to be so yeah <laughs> i mean i honestly think that the series would be in completely safe hands with you because your vision is not to make it a fan series it's to make it good for everybody and that's yes that's Thank the you. best yeah because oh, oh, i don't yeah. i don't want this movie to be the last new Animorphs content. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want it to just be, oh, we got a movie and that's cool. Like, it needs to be a springboard to more Animorphs stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. That's what the series deserves. That is what the series deserves. I'd kind of, you know, it it's kind of like, um, 
it's kind of like Jurassic Park to me. Uh, and calm down, Alex. Uh, so because <laughs> I'm raging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was a huge uh, Jurassic Park fan. As a, Jurassic Park was actually the very first novel I ever read. I was like six years old. Didn't get any of it, but what? read it many times. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's insane. My mom was reading it one day and I was like, I want to read it. It's got dinosaurs. And so I read it and I was like, I don't understand four fifths of the words in this book. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but Jurassic Park is actually, um, oh God, I'm going to launch on a tangent here, but okay. So Jurassic Park, in my opinion, is one of the most, um, timely topical and applicable books to this moment in history because the actual um moral of the story essentially is that it's a story about um how we use our technology and like uh human hubris and and sort of the 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 dichotomy between the power that we have today and the wisdom that we have to use that power like like take john hammond you know what i mean like this dude's got the power of god he can literally resurrect you know extinct creatures but why does John Hammond of all people in the world have this incredible power? It's not because he's some great guy or a super genius or a incredibly wise leader or something like that. It's just because he's rich, he can afford it. And so it's like, who, whose hands do we put this, you know, incredible power of technology into? Uh, And so anyway, so Jurassic Park has this like very deep kind of uh, thoughtful moral themes. Um, And then, it kind of gets exploded into this franchise where they really lean into the more kind of fun adventure part of the story. And that like makes it, you know, a trillion dollars. And it's why we're getting new, you know, Jurassic park movies coming out now. And so that's kind of what I would like to see happen with Animorphs is like the book series is so, you know, deep and meaningful. And it's got all this like incredible commentary on the nature of war and violence and the moral corrosion that comes with these kinds of things and PTSD and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like, if we get a good fun movie that appeals to a lot of people and then that launches a sort of rebirth of the franchise, then we could be looking at, you know, I'd like 10 years from now, I'd like to see, you know, new Animorphs, shows or content or movies or whatever coming out. Oh, yeah. And that's such a great comparison, too, because that's absolutely looking at the book compared to the movie. And what Spielberg did that was so genius about that was say, we can't shoot this. It's not going to work for us. It's not going to work in a movie format. And editing in that way, that's like, yes, the river scene is like, you know, one of the the greatest scenes in the book. Like, it's, it's so climactic, but it's like, we can't, we don't have the tech, we don't have the time, we don't have the budget, cut it. And like, those are the decisions that make or break a series like that, I think. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, the, the movie does try to capture some of the uh, moral questions of the book, but it, he, he knows that, you know, first and foremost, his job is to make a fun movie that people are going to want to watch. Yeah. Yep. So that's what I want from the movie. Yeah. And not to get like too, too real life on you or too off topic, but that it's so funny that you say that it's so relevant to this time because my my day job I started off as a QA person there, um, mm-hmm. and I referenced Jurassic Park all the time with the failure of <laughs> they built this system to track all the dinosaurs and they say yeah. they have them all in the park but they never thought to track over and I'm always like you guys are thinking we need to QA this but you never thought yeah. if the customer was going to do this just like you're at the park <laughs> you guys. 
I do that all the time. So. Exactly. Oh exactly. <laughs> oh, that's such a good book. Yeah. It's kind of a tragedy too that it's like Jurassic Park is like a gazillion dollar franchise now, but like the kind of message of, you know, like I said, the dichotomy between our technology and the power of our technology and our wisdom to use it doesn't seem to have been addressed in our popular society. You know what I mean? Like we've still got right. tens of thousands of nukes laying around and everything. So I don't know. Maybe the wrong yeah. people read it. Yeah. Well, it was just us and they haven't given us any power yet. So yeah, exactly. I don't know what's vote. going on. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, what else? What are our, do we have any more questions, thoughts? Should we start wrapping up here? Uh, yeah, my wife is, uh, she just came out and she's like, you've been on the phone for an hour and a half. What the hell? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well. I should start right. It's Father's Day. They are, you know, we're, I told the kids I was going to take them to the creek. So I probably need to go do that at some point. <laughs> I guess we'll let you get oh, back well. to your sorry. family. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> No, I could sit here and talk animals all day. But we can too. That's the problem. That's why I have to ask yeah. these questions at some point and we need people like your wife yeah. to really be like, Come on guys, please. <laughs> Keep you know, together. I gotta go spend some time with them. This is gonna be it, you know what I mean? Like I I'm gonna have to Father's leave them and <laughs> the last Father's Day before I abandon them for the Animorphs movie. So. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, man. All right. Well, um, I'll wrap it up. I guess the only thing I, I have left to tell you guys is that if, if we publish this before the next episode, this does get to be the 69th episode of Animal Wars. Nice. 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 We did it, guys. We did it. Yes. We oh, did no. it. Success. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. This is it. <laughs> got him. Uh, all right. Well, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for recording with us. This is awesome. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, it has been awesome. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the next next episode. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to post them. It's something. All right. It's something all right. <laughs> yep. Okay. Alrighty. Bye, guys. Bye. Right. Yeah. Bye. So, now you know Jeff is leaving his family, his friends, his life, his children to be to go work on this film. Like the kids left their lives to go live in the exactly, Horkinger Valley. Exactly. That's what Animorphs <gasps> taught him. Uh-huh. Abandon <laughs> everything. Abandon everything to follow your dreams? <laughs> I <Yes>. guess. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, Anyways. Whee. If you want to talk to us about the movie or anything having to do with your theories of what should happen or if you're on the movie and want to A, hire us, B, free labor, C, feed us secret information about what's going on that we promise not to tell anybody, email me, anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com or Facebook me on the Animorphs Anonymous group or join our super secret, super awesome Andalite Bandalites group, facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous and tell everybody there all the secrets of what's going on in production. We swear we won't tell anybody. Blanket promise. It covers everybody in the group. You can also tweet at me at Animorphs Anon or Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous. If you want to spill your secrets on our super secret Discord channel, uh, we cannot... Uh, claim responsibility for if anyone else is going to spill those secrets but you can join the discord channel and talk about fun shit with us if you want access to that just email us and we'll hook you up with that link hell yeah we will um 
There's another tweet thing I did want to mention here, and that is that for anybody who's read this movie article, they totally fucked up Chris Grind's name. They and did. Co- they did. There's a hashtag going around. It's something like, you know, it's Grind, not Gine. So like, is there really? Guess, there really is. And he also changed his Twitter handle to say that because apparently a bunch of people started DMing him like, I tried to find you and I had problems. So like, oh no. Spread the word, people. It's Grine. G-R-I-N-E. Please help yes. him, this poor man. <laughs> As someone whose name has been misspelled for many, many centuries, I empathize. Yeah. So just just throw that hashtag on something or other. And that's it. That's all I, I wanted to say at this ending here. All right. Let's all go. Right. Away. Ready? And cut. Bye. Bye.